a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you're with us on the program today. I got to tell you, I'm frustrated. I'm a little uh, disappointed. I'm more than a little disappointed. I'm frustrated that the talks we're seeing in Washington, D.C., uh, and frankly, at state legislatures around the country, uh, in the wake of the Uvalde shooting, are focused on a political response, right? Uh, you've got folks like Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy who says, I, even if the things that uh, that we might be able to pass in Congress would not have impacted the shooter in Uvalde or the shooter in Buffalo, we should still do it because they want to chalk up something they can call a win. They want to do something as opposed to doing something that would work. We talked about this a little bit with Ryan Petty on yesterday's program. He talked about the Eagles Act, which has been sitting there in Congress since shortly after the Parkland shooting that would increase funding for the Secret Services Threat Assessment Center. Today, we're going to talk about a program that gun owners are at the forefront of. This is a volunteer grassroots effort that is helping to save lives by encouraging folks to get access to mental health and uh, enabling them to do so uh, in part by providing free anonymous screenings for anybody who wants it. Michael Sedini is the founder and CEO of Walk the Talk America, which is a, a great organization that doesn't get nearly enough publicity. And I am happy to help shine a spotlight on what Walk the Talk America is doing uh, you know, again, we are told as gun owners that uh, it's our fault when crimes happen, that we don't care. We care more about our guns than we do about our kids or our family members, which, as you and I both know, is absolutely absurd, right? That's the demonization that takes place on the other side. But the reality is that most of us have been impacted by tragedy in our life. And I don't know a single person who would want others to feel that grief and sorrow, particularly when it comes to a firearm-involved suicide. We just don't think that the answer is more gun control. But Walk the Talk America is actually finding solutions that don't involve legislation, that don't involve restrictions on a right to keep and bear arms, but do involve the gun-owning community. Take a look and a listen. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's really good talking with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, it was it was really good to see you in Houston, Texas. Um, I, you know, you guys had me on the podcast a couple of months ago, and honestly, I'm just I'm a big fan of what Walk the Talk America is doing, uh, what its mission is, and and frankly. I think you guys are sort of an unheralded story because you're doing great work. You're seeing results. Um, and, and I don't see a lot of folks talking about it. So I'm, I'm happy to help spread the word. So, so let's just get started by talking about the mission of Walk the Talk America and why you decided something like this was needed in our country. Yeah, well, uh, once again, th thank you for the kind words. And you know, to talk about the mission of Walk the Talk America has been really interesting because it's, I feel like it's evolved so much from when I first started. Um, you know, obviously there's, there are some things that were the catalyst for something like this for me uh, in 2009, the president of my 
firearms company, which is Eagle Imports, which is a major importer of firearms, took his life with a firearm. And what one of the things that I noticed at that time was we really didn't address suicide and kind of negative outcomes of firearms, which made sense, right? Because we we feel like it, well, it does, it, it gets weaponized against us, right? So uh, to me, and I'm gonna date myself here, I felt like when it came to suicide, uh, it really was one of those situations like the movie Twister, you know, where it was like, we don't talk about an F5, right? <laughs> like that's one of those things that I noticed like when Bill passed, you know, it was like a who's who at his funeral, but none of the industry magazines or anything like that picked up on the story. It just wasn't something that we were talking about. And I thought that was weird. Cause then I was also looking around saying, we have all these first responders and, and vets that we hold near and dear to our heart. And if you go to any show almost every year, it was like, well, that person's not hearing anymore. What happened? Oh, he took his life. Like the, I, I noticed that, you know, it's one of those things where people would stop showing up to NRA show, would stop by the booth to say hi. And you're like, what, what happened to that person? You know? Um, but mm -hmm. in, in 2018, I, I had a chance meeting with a, a, a lady that was sitting at the bar. Uh, my national sales manager and I were out there talking to her and, and she said, what happens during mass shootings? And we basically were discussing and I said, look, everybody blames us. We blame the gut or the, the mental health community and nothing ever happens. We say it's a mental health thing. We push it off. Right. So she asked, OK, how do you how do you work with the mental health community to find solutions um, that don't involve legislation? Because you're saying you can't do legislation and restriction. Right. That's a no go. But there's got to be ways right. to work together. That was the catalyst to start it than what it became you know, completely different animal. There's a whole story behind that. But, you know, in the beginning, I thought, what if we just raise money, hand it to mental health? Because everything that I had read about the mental health community is they lack the funding. So I thought, why doesn't the gun industry step up? You know, why why can't we just give them money to fund these programs and then they can fix it? And that was totally not the way that it works, you know? So the mission changed because I wanted to buy my way out of it, <laughs> you know, and then it became more, <laughs> right. they don't have the answers. We got to figure this stuff out on our own or with their help. I shouldn't say on our own with their help. Yeah. We got, yeah. And, and this is one of the things that I like, I mean, I've talked a lot, um, not just over the past week, but, but really over the past few years about getting beyond this, this dynamic that we're sort of stuck in uh, where it's, you know, why won't you compromise and why won't you just take a little bit of gun control legislation? Well, because we don't believe that that's the answer, right? You've got some folks who say, listen, this is going to uh, violate my constitutional rights, uh, but it's certainly not going to uh, directly address the problem. So I, I really prefer a collaborative approach where, and it sounds like, it, you know, this is something that Walk the Talk America does really well, where it's let's sit down and figure out where we can agree and what we can do together. Again, taking these things off the table, right? It's not going to be a legislative approach. We're going to be talking about what we can do within the community to actually make a difference. And I think that that is, I, I think it's much more effective bottom line, but I think it also, again, allows for these conversations to take place where now we're not just looking at each other as the enemies, but again, as potential problem solvers, right? And so so, so you talk about how the mission has changed. What does Walk the Talk America do today? So the core mission, right, if I'd say the number one mission, 
because I'd say there's a bunch of missions at this point, but it's to, right. find, to find innovative ways to get people the help they need without fear of consequence when they're in crisis, if that makes sense. So yep. originally, when I when I first started off, I I really, you know, the core concept was let's see if we could stop mass shooters. There was just a mass shooter at the time when I had had this chance meeting in New Orleans with this lady who asked that brilliant question that was, you know, that sparked the idea. Um, and the thought process was, okay, what wh what do we got to do to stop mass shooters? Like, obviously, it's a mental health issue when someone goes off the rails. And at the time, that was actually like an inaccurate statement. I, I learned a lot over the last four years of how you just can't simply blanket statement saying it's a mental health issue, right? Um, and, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. Um, but, you know, at first I went there, said, hey, what can we do? What can we work on? What are these outreach programs that you talk about in your position papers? You know, this is talking to mental health experts. And they were the ones that pushed me back to suicide prevention. Right. They were like, look, finding the next you know, mass shooters is literally like finding a needle in a haystack. If you focus on suicide, you're going to cast a wide enough net that maybe you catch one of the next mass shooters in there. But you can't. There's nothing. You know, the, the only future predictor of violence is previous violence, not mental health diagnosis, if that makes sense. Right. And mm -hmm. at first I didn't understand that. I was like, no, no, I want to work on suicide too. Right. But I, I really want to focus on mass shooters. And and every single one of them pushed me back to suicide prevention, which I find interesting because many people would think that that might be something that the gun industry would have said, hey, we got to work on suicides because it's 67 people. Well, now it's 67 people a day take their life by a firearm. Right. But we always knew that suicides were the majority. If you asked anybody in the industry, right. Most people would say most of the gun deaths that are totaled up are suicide. But I always like to point out that it it was the mental health community that pushed me back into suicide prevention. So when you and I talked before, um, I, I think a lot of the conversation and, and tell me how much of a an emphasis Walk the Talk America puts on this right now. But, you know, a lot of what you and I have talked about in the past is when somebody is going through. Uh, a stressor event. Um, the idea that listen, you're you're not a Second Amendment sissy uh, if you decide that hey, listen, it maybe it's not a good idea for me to have uh, my firearms with me right now. Either I'm worried about myself, I'm worried about someone else in my family, but there's something going on in our lives where um, I, I'm a little concerned about uh, having access to a firearm. It doesn't mean that you support gun bans. Doesn't mean you support gun control, but you know, you feel like you would be better off for a week or two or three or whatever to not have those guns around. And again, this is one step, I think, it was just one factor. It's not that uh, when somebody's going through those stressors and they're concerned about somebody else's personal safety, they think, well, if I get the guns out of the house, everything's going to be just fine and then I can forget about it. But that is something that you work on, right? About A, finding ways that people can actually safely store their firearms temporarily without worrying about, am I going to be able to get them back? And and what that allows them to do then in terms of, again, getting the help that they need or maybe somebody in their family might need to address that underlying situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something I think that the industry, uh, believe it or not, has been waiting for. The opportunity to kind of come forward and be able to say like, hey, we're humans too. Like, you know, as by nature, gun owners tend to be very, you know, 
stoic at times and like we're leaders we're protectors right uh you know we know we we know how to handle firearms we're safe we all those things but you know there are times when when you know we kind of ignore responsible gun ownership at you know because we just don't think about it because it's not something that we've ever had the opportunity to kind of talk to the mental health side or or look at solutions that are our own right we've always been told any of those solutions over there uh could get your gun rights stripped from you right and there there are instances in states where that's you know that's true right like the state of new york mm-hmm. is a dangerous place to come forward and say hey i'm i'm trying to do the right thing by getting help um you know you could lose your gun rights there but you know for us it's it's just creating that you know when i first started this cam it was it was crazy because i didn't know what was going to happen I didn't even know if I was going to get like drummed out of the gun industry, right? Like I had thought about that. Like what happens if like people misunderstand this and NSSF doesn't get it and and NRA doesn't get it. And all of a sudden they're like, what is this guy thinking he's doing, right? He's a gun industry guy, but what does he think he's doing? Um, you know, but when I first started, I, I, I was passing out these, these wristbands that we have available that lead to our free and anonymous mental health screenings. And that was, the idea came from my daughter who had come into my office one day and uh, I'm going to tie this to the gun industry. So just bear with me on the story, but she came in one day and she was like, Hey dad, I think I suffer from anxiety. And at the time I didn't have any programs for walk talk America. I had a relationship with mental health America who powers our free and anonymous mental screenings. And I said, Hey, um, do me a favor, like go to their website and take a screening for anxiety. I said, honey, just answer it honestly. She's 11 years old. You know, I said, no one's going to come knocking at the door. And uh, a couple days later, she comes in and she's like, hey, dad, I took the thingy, the thingy. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, I I took the 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 screening for anxiety. And she smiled and she said, I only have uh, low anxiety. And I was like, that's a good thing, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better. And then she as she's walking out, she's like, I'm going to give this uh, to a couple of friends of mine because I think they could use it. So I'm immediately thinking, hey, I grew up in a family where if you said I suffer from anxiety. I mean, that would have caused every single person, including my grandmother, my mother to say, I'll give you something to have anxiety about. <laughs> right. Right. And <laughs> and and that was a really nice moment between my daughter and I. But it sparked the idea. And I was like, well, what if I put it on a band? and started passing them out at, at, at gun shows, you know? Um, and I just wanted to, to gauge the conversation level of what it was going to be like with people at the NRA show or people at like SHOT Show. And it was super positive. I had gun owners coming up to me and they're like, it's about time that somebody do something about this. And everyone would share their story. And, and you know, I'm sitting here giving hugs to strangers or people are tearing up telling me their their, their story of what's happened. And then I really realized, you know, it came to, you know, at that moment it clicked. I was like, okay, we, we've been star- starving. You know what I mean? We, we've been dying to be mm-hmm. able to kind of have this discussion and, and talk about these things and, and really make plans that are ours, right? Um, responsible gun ownership, right? Just being able to kind of say, all right, there's a homegrown gun organization, you know, made up by firearms industry professionals. That's literally saying it's okay to not be okay. Like, let's not let anybody else tell us that we can't 
be okay because we're gun owners, right? Or that we can't be socially conscious. Like one of the things I talk about is a socially conscious 2A. Like when did we stop, you know, being proactive about things because they told us that we weren't, right? And that's that's really what, mm -hmm. you know, it, it led, to, and, and the bands led to such great conversations. That's, that's when I got the idea to put the, put it on a card and stick it in the box of all the firearms, uh, you know, that I imported into the U.S., which is this card, right? Once again, that was a test. Let's see what happens if I put it in the box. Will I get drummed out of the community? <laughs> it was the complete opposite. Well, and the opposite, I mean, the, the opposite has happened, right? I mean, you've actually had other companies say, this is a great idea. We want to do this too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be that easy, Cam. Like, <laughs> so once once I had some time <laughs> to literally, you know, collect data in terms of, are we going to get any negative phone calls, which they weren't. I mean, at the time, it was all 100% positive. We would have people call the office and they're just like, I want to say thank you. I bought a I bought a Bursa. I want to say thank you for putting the card in the box. I think this is fantastic. You know, so then I felt like when I was armed enough with a, a, enough information that I could kind of put people at ease, I was walking up to people like Arms Corps or High Point, and I'm like, hey, do you mind putting this in the, the box? And they're like, what is it? Green Anonymous Mental Health Screenings. I mean, it's important. I think we need to give people an outlet to go check on themselves. And literally, they were just like, yeah, it's a great idea. We'll do it. I'm like, it was that easy? <laughs> like, all you had to do was ask, <laughs> right? So then you look at these situations, and you're like, maybe we there's something here, right? Like maybe there's something here. Maybe we're ready to, to move forward and, and, and kind of take charge and lead this. And, and I feel like we have, I mean, we got a long way to go, but you know, that it made me feel so good about the industry when people were just like, yeah, we'll do it. Makes sense. You know, let's get people. Yeah. So. Well, and, and again, I mean, because I think that industry, because the industry reaction has been so positive, I, I think that it also has really opened up this conversation to something I want to go back to that you mentioned that I think is really important. This idea that, you know, um, we can't talk about these things because it's going to be weaponized against us. Uh, you know, gun owners, uh, you know, have to keep their emotions bottled up because, you know, if we. Uh, say that we're depressed, if we say that we're sad, if we say that we're anxious, maybe we're going to get red flag, right? There are going to be consequences beyond us actually being able to talk to somebody. And, you know, I think, tell me if I'm off base here, but to me, this is, you know, we talk about mental health and mental illness as if they're almost one and the same. And I don't think that that's the case. I mean, to me, when we talk about mental health, we're also talking about mental wellness, uh, one of my kids came to me over the past couple of years and said, Dad, you know, I need to talk to somebody. And again, my it was my wife's family who was the one who was like, I'll give you something to talk about. But she, too, was like, OK, you know, let's let's find a counselor for you. Um, it was difficult. We live in a rural area. We ended up doing tele uh, uh, therapy, basically telecounseling for uh, for over a year. She found a counselor she really liked. who was about an hour away. But again, I. I think we, the last couple of years, if you're not more stressed, if you're not more anxious, if you're not more freaked out than you were in, let's say, 2019, I want to know where you're living because I want to move there because I think most of us, even if everything else in your life has been going great, just the 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 world that we're living in uh, has, I think, put a lot of additional mental stresses on people. But then 
you know, most of us have also had our own personal ups and downs. You and I were talking this weekend, um, less than two months ago, one of my sons passed away unexpectedly. And that has been a very difficult, and I don't mind getting teared up as we're talking, because it has been difficult to deal with. And thankfully, I've had friends within the industry and without who have reached out to me. They haven't said, you know, some of them have said, hey, just want to make sure you're doing okay, which you're not. You know, you're dealing with your grieving, you're dealing with that. But a lot of folks have, especially those who have gone through something similar, have just reached out and said, hey, I'm just checking in. And I can tell you, Michael, knowing that I've got somebody to talk to, knowing that there's a support system for me where I don't have to be the strong, tough guy that I do feel like I have to be for my wife and my kids where there is a space where I can open up and say, man, here's the shit that I'm going through, um, has been incredibly helpful. Not that I've had any, you know, suicidal ideation or anything like that. I'm here for as long as God wants me on this earth. But if you have all of this stress and this burdens weighing you down and you don't have an outlet, I think that that is when things can get exponentially worse. And, what you're doing to ensure that folks, again, have access to these screenings that are anonymous, that hopefully can help people who need it find a path forward and find an outlet where they can talk to somebody. Um, again, I think this is just incredibly invaluable. And it's something that, frankly, legislation can't touch because you're going beyond the law and you're actually going to try to get people's hearts and minds involved here. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. And that was the whole point, right? So there's this theory that Mental Health America um, taught me, you know, and it says like the theory is before stage four, right? You think of cancer and you say like, you got to address it before stage four. When you hit it at stage four, it's too late. And it's the same thing with your mental health. You know, the reason why I put the free and anonymous you know, link out there and we blast it off in all the firearms boxes on the side of ammo boxes. I mean, uh, uh, you know, arms course stepped up and they have it on the side of their box of the ammo um, is because I just want you to think about your mental health when you buy a firearm. I, I do. Right. Even if at the time you don't have any issues in your life and everything's great. Like, I want you to see that mental health in the box. I want you to think about it. Right. Just like, oh, wow. There's like a mental health flyer in the box. Right. Like it, maybe you maybe you just hold on to the card. Maybe you give it to somebody else who needs it. Right. But the idea is to get upstream to prevent the unpredictable. Right. And, and get ahead of it early. So if firearms owners know that they have a place to go and talk about it, um, I feel that helps. Right. Or like, hey, they see that the firearms industry is doing something about it. You know, there's what I say to the companies is like. We got to have corporate social responsibility when it comes to this stuff. We lose too many of our customers. I mean, once again, I'm going to go back to that number, 67 people a day to suicide by firearm. Those are our customers, most of them, right? I'm sure there's there's people that, you know, maybe steal a gun to do something like this or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, it, it, somebody bought your gun. Let's give them every tool, every resource, every opportunity to discuss mental health or find help right where they can can relieve that that pressure before they hit stage four so i think it's important you know omnipresence right like i just wanted you know everyone used to tell me in the beginning they're like how many people do you think this is going to save i'm like i don't I, 
I'm not going to get caught up in data like that. Like it's free mm-hmm. and anonymous, right? There, there are people that reach right. out. Like, Thank you. You know, but then if someone never reaches out, but they did go get help, then we, we won, you know, like we're doing the right thing. Yeah. So listen, I could talk to you about this for an hour and I do want to have you back on, uh, to talk more about what walk the talk America is doing, but um, for now, let's let's uh, leave it with I want to give folks uh, information about how they can uh, find out uh, how to get this free anonymous screening. Where can they learn more about Walk the Talk America and, and how they can get involved? Yeah, so you, you can go to WTTA.org or walkthetalkamerica.org and take a mental health screening on there. It's, once again, it's free and anonymous. Any information you give them is what you're willing to give them. You don't have to give them anything, uh, you know, that's personal. And if you are if you go there and you see all the things that we're doing, right, because like Walk to Talk America does a lot. It, it's not just free and anonymous mental health screenings. It's, you know, we, we train mental health clinicians on gun culture and give them CU credits. We, we, we work with mental health organizations and and politicians to try to make them understand our fears um, as gun owners and work on on, together on things that make sense for gun owners, right? But if you want to get involved, Mm -hmm. there's ways to do it. Obviously, not everybody has money, but money's key. Everybody that's part of the organization volunteers. Um, It's it's been amazing. It's four years of this. I, I almost feel guilty for some of the people that have put the work in to walk to talk America and not been able to give them money. Um, so we, we appreciate donations where you can donate on the site, but if you can't donate, there's at the site, there's ways that we show you, you can get involved in help. And the big one is spreading the word because like, as you said, in the beginning of this, I feel like we're one of the, the best kept secrets in the firearms industry is because I'm a horrible self promoter. <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest, we're doing the work. We just do the work. You know, we put our hard hats yeah. on and we do the work. We're, I, I feel like if you're, if you're out there self-promoting all the time, then when do you have time to do the work? You know what I mean? Um, and, and we keep a very good balance. Birds of a feather, you and I, uh, in that regard. Uh, Michael, listen, I, I hope that uh, I, I can help promote this uh, program uh, with my platform. And like I said, I want to have you back on again. You guys do fantastic work. Uh, we do need to be talking about this. And because, again, if we're, if, if we're not talking about it, the other side, as I said, is going to weaponize this. There are lives that can be saved. There are things that can be done that don't involve putting new gun control laws on the books that do involve making sure that people who can use the help, who need the help, can get that help. And I think that's what this is all about. So uh, Michael Sedini with Walk the Talk America, thanks so much for coming on the program today. Thank you, Cam. Thank you for having me. I I really enjoyed this, and I love talking to you. This is the best. Again, I really appreciate Michael joining me on the program today. And just again, on a personal note, I would encourage you, if you're struggling, it, it doesn't, you don't have to be at stage four, as Michael was talking about, but if you're struggling, You don't have to go through this alone. There is help out there. Even if you just need somebody to talk to, you can find that person. And I would encourage you to do so because, as I said earlier, the last few years have been stressful for all of us in general, uh, in addition to the particular stressors that we might have going on in our lives. And I don't want you, if you're listening, to hurt. I want you to get the help that you need, and it is out there. 
All right. Listen, normally, you know, we do our good deed of the day, our armed citizen report or recidivist report. We, we had such a lengthy conversation with Michael. I'm going to uh, shorten it down to just our armed citizen story today uh, from Butler County, Ohio, where police say an intruder was shot and killed at a home in Westchester Township over the weekend. Happened in the early morning hours of Saturday, about 3.30 in the morning. According to police, a 20-year-old who was known to the residents inside the home, a man named Andrew Tyson, uh, broke into the home without permission and then began to assault one of the homeowners inside. Police say a male resident shot Tyson, who later died from his injuries. Police, again, say the homeowners knew Tyson. They say the uh, case is under investigation. They've been speaking with the Butler County prosecutor. But uh, at this point, uh, this looks to be a case of self-defense. We will bring you any more details as they become available. And we will be back with you tomorrow for another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I uh, look forward to talking to you again. I will also be sitting in, speaking of, uh, you know, Michael and I were talking about being bad at self-promotion. I'll also be sitting in for uh, Eric Erickson on his radio program uh, Thursday and Friday. We, of course, will be talking a lot about the Second Amendment and the push for gun control in Washington, D.C., so I hope that you can check that out as well. That's going to be, I believe, noon to 3 Eastern time. Check your uh, local stations, and you can uh, find out where the Eric Erickson Show is uh, broadcast. You can also uh, find it online as well. Uh, meanwhile, I would encourage you to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As always, saying thanks for showing your support for the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism we do. We're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.